Hi guys, hello, my name's Kate and I'm happy to be here and you're listening to the podcast, happy to be here. How are we doing? How are we feeling? Feeling okay? Feeling not so okay? I'm feeling, I'm (laughs) feeling okay. I'm feeling okay. I'm happy to be here recording, but mentally, mm, girl, I don't know. But anyways, so because I'm going through some shit and I'm sure you guys are too, we'll do our usual breathing that we do. So we'll do four in and then we'll do four out. So we'll do four in now. So, and then we'll do four out. Okay, nice. So just know, guys, that if you're not having a good day, you can always use your breathing and recenter yourself. And yeah, you know, just make you a priority. So, so yeah, so basically, guys, I thought I got a job. I thought I was like a shoe in um, for a library job at school. And I found out today I did not get it. So <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. But um, but but on the upside, you know, I'm I'm recording with an old guest who I've had on here before, who is a lovely human. So everyone, welcome back. Kala to the show. Kala, hello. Hello. Everyone clap. Oh. For Kate and me. Oh, (laughs) thank you. How are you doing though? I'm good. Um, I really needed that breathing exercise. So that was great. Right? Um, They're very helpful. Yeah. um, I'm a very anxious person. So I always forget to breathe, which is not good. So yeah, yeah, that was great. It's funny, the first time I went through therapy, um, my old therapist said that when we're babies, we breathe through our belly. And then when you're an adult, you breathe through your chest. So they're shorter breaths. Mm -hmm. And it's because we're in like survival mode. And like, so I feel like I always breathe through my chest. Man. Yeah. That's (laughs) very accurate. Very shallow breaths in the chest. Right. It's just like. (laughs) Like singers, singers breathe through their stomach. Really? Yeah, that's how I think. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> but it makes sense. Like if you're getting like a full like breath of air, it's it comes from like the stomach. Yeah. To like reach the max of what they can. Right. Yeah. Get as much air as possible. Always the goal in life. You know, want to keep keep breathing. Keep keep trucking along. Um. So Kala, the last time you came on was for season two. So now we're in season three. Uh, what's new? What's going on with you? Um, you know, I think it's the same old, same old. Um, getting into some quirky, quirky little uh, situations. Um, but this time, I my brain is more developed. <laughs> I'm 24 now, so I can handle it a little bit better. And therapy has been really great. Um, so, yeah, I, I I have grown a lot since our last session I feel like I feel like I'm I can handle like my anxiety a little bit better um that's great but we'll get into that oh yeah because that's what we're gonna talk about anxiety today because me and Kala both have it um but before we get into all that um so you just had your one year at audio tree correct yes yes I did that is so awesome so what is audio tree exactly it's like a label right um no, it's not a record label. So I'll explain it. Um, we're linked between, we have the same owners as Lincoln Hall, if you've ever been to that venue, and Shuba's. Um, oh, Shuba's is like a, a little bar, and then Lincoln Hall is more of like um, a club venue. Um, and then Audio Tree has its own building 
and bands come in from all over the country, all over the world, honestly, um, but mostly touring bands in the country. And they'll come in for a studio session and we have um, live mixers in the studio that um, will mix the band's live performance in the studio. And my job is a camera operator. And so we'll live stream that on YouTube and Twitch. And yeah, it's really fucking cool. It's literally been my dream since I moved to Chicago. Um, yeah, I, it's, and then um, we also have like programs that we'll shoot off site, so not in the studio that are more cinematic. Um, it's called Far Out. Um, those sessions are really cool and bands will get like two to three songs um, recorded in this really cinematic way. And the in-studio sessions are about 30 minutes long. And yeah, that's all the way through. And those will stream live and then they'll get uploaded like in a few weeks on YouTube eventually. And then we'll do live recordings of Lincoln Hall performances too. So oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Is it, so it's kind of like, it's the only other comparison I have, is it sort of like the tiny desk that NPR does? The tiny Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. It's just like on a smaller scale, I guess, but it's still really cool. Yeah. Oh, well, that's awesome. So how did you get involved there? Okay. I, I said it earlier, but I, Audio Tree has always been on my radar. Um, even when I lived in Pennsylvania for like a brief period, I've just always known of Audio Tree because of my involvement in the Chicago music scene um, and just being a fan of bands in the Chicago area. So when I moved to Chicago for SAIC, it's always been this goal of mine to just work there after graduation. So throughout my four years at SAIC, I like carefully curated the perfect resume to be like the perfect candidate to work at Audio Tree after graduation. And, you know, I graduated and it was like, right when things were going back to normal after the pandemic, it was summer 2021. And it, I, things were really slow for everyone and Audio Tree was just picking up again. Yeah. And so I emailed, or no, I actually sent out a tweet asking any of my like mutuals or friends if anyone had a contact at Audio Tree for on the video team. And I had like, I got like five DMs back and everyone sent me this one email of the guy that's in charge of the video team. His name's Tom and he's really great. And I emailed Tom, I gave him like this whole like love letter to like Audio Tree. And like, I described why I would be the perfect addition to the team. And then I sent my resume and he just wrote back he's like hey come in and shadow a session I was like oh fuck yeah okay he's like this is the perfect time because we needed or we need more videographers anyway um so I went into the studio shadowed and he's like yeah if you like it you're on the team and I don't think he ever read my love letter like all the way or like looked over my resume but like the fact that it was just like so easy and like for me personally when I can visualize something, I just know it's going to happen. And I don't know if that's just like a gut instinct or like me manifesting it, maybe a mix of both. But mm. when I can see something clear as day, I just know it's going to happen. And that was a situation with Audio Tree. Like I just saw it happening. That's so, so amazing. And you know, too, it just goes to show you, like you really just put yourself out there. You were like, hey, does anyone have this contact? And then five of uh, your mutuals did. And then you know, you just kind of, you know, shooted your shot and here yeah. you go. Like, that's so awesome to hear. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, that's great. I agree too with the visualizing thing. I feel like, I don't know. It's weird too. Like sometimes like I think I want a job or I think I want an opportunity. And then I really sit and I think about it and I'm like, do I really like want this? Like, and then I think about the semantics of it. And I'm like, I don't know if I can like see myself doing it, you know, or like know yeah. if it'll happen. Do you ever have like a doubt or is it just like um a clear knowing you don't know how it's going to happen. It's just, yeah, I just, I don't know what it is like for, so the, the library job that I didn't get, I would have had, if I did get it, I would have had to drop two classes and, and pick two other classes. And then two, I'm going to go see, it's such like a small thing, but I'm seeing Biba Doobie in November yeah. in Chicago. And so I was thinking, I was like, if I get this job, like, how much off time will I have? Like, will I still be able to go and do this? Like, cause I couldn't see her last year because it was my finals day. And I just really, really, really wanted to go see her. So I was just thinking about the job and everything. And I was like, I just don't know if it's gonna like work out. And the first day I was supposed to start like was my move-in day. And I could tell that that was like, not super great for them. So, you know, it, it just was like, I just kept thinking about it. I was like, you know, I don't know. So I kind of agree. I just couldn't really fully visualize myself there. I wanted it to some degree, but you know, is what it is. I think the right thing will find you. Um, yeah. That just job wasn't it. And maybe you'll find a job at a different library or something. I don't know. Right. I don't know how those work, but like, yeah, jobs work, but um, you just post them like any other thing. But, you know, I think too, like failure is a part of life and not getting yeah. opportunities and to getting opportunities, you know, like really just putting yourself out there and visualizing yourself there. So, you know, congratulations to you on your one year there. That's really awesome to hear. So I was wondering too, since you do all these live performances, what's the coolest part about working at Audio Tree for you? Is it seeing the music or... It's absolutely being exposed to all these different types of music all the time. Uh, whenever I walk into the studio, I just never know. I mean, I could do my research beforehand, but I think it's fun just walking in and not knowing what you're gonna expect for that day. Um, we literally don't like follow a certain genre. We, of course we get genres that are more popular than others, like shoegazy type of bands or like math rock kind of bands. Um, but some days we could have like a goth dark club artist and then other days we could have an artist from chile that plays the accordion like it's just such a toss-up which is so cool um and a month ago we had actually a local chicago act named frico uh mm -hmm. you should check them out they're really really okay. fucking awesome and it was literally probably the best session that i've been on throughout my entire time at audio tree and afterwards i just like kind of shot my shot. I was just, I asked the drummer who I was recording for that session. And I was like, hey, if you ever need a photographer, just let me know. Um, I'd love to shoot one of your shows. And they had a show coming up at Talia in like a few days. Oh, and, I've been there. Oh yeah, I love that venue. That's my favorite venue in the city. And they ended up listing me for the Talia show and I got a photo pass and everything. and. It, it was just like a dream come true because the first show I went to when I moved to Chicago was at Talia. Mm -hmm. And it was just like a very awesome full circle moment. Um, but yeah, Audio Tree is a great place to interact with artists in a more intimate setting. Um, and it always helps that the artists are just so stoked to be there. Uh, so 
the vibes are just really positive all around. And I always walk away at the end of a session or end of the day, just feeling really fulfilled and passionate about what I do. And I've never felt that way about a job before. So yeah, it's just a really lovely feeling. That's so cool. Like, I love to the full circle moment you described. I just, when shit like that happens, I feel like that's when you know, you know, you're like, this is what like I want to do. And like, I meant to like be here. Um, and yeah, Talia Hall is a great, is a great venue. I saw Caroline Polachek there. Oh, sure. and, yeah. And an opener that was really cool. They're that a Lala after show. No, I didn't go to the Lala after show. Oh, that was at Metro though, I think. Yeah. Um, I wanted to go see a hundred Gex. Oh yeah. But I didn't really, I really liked some of their new singles. So, but, um, but I digress, but yeah, no, that's really, that's really cool to hear. And too, I feel like the thing about being passionate at your job, like I feel that way yeah. um, at the library that I work at right now. And it's just like, it's weird, like walking into a space where you work and feeling like energized or like even at peace and being like, yes, like I'm like genuinely happy to be here, you know? Yeah. Happy to be here. Right? Yeah. <laughs> my own title in my show. Um, yeah. Well, also, I wanted to talk to you about um, your little, like, photo op moment with fucking Green Day at the oh, So Okay. So I know because I'm on your close friend's story on Instagram. So I know you were trying to get tickets for a while. So how did you get the tickets? Okay. I had various ways of trying to get into this show. Mm -hmm. uh, so my friends had connections, but it was like very tight. Um, and then I emailed someone that is very connected in the scene mm -hmm. and gave me an email to ask for a photo pass. And so I emailed, I name dropped him. And then I asked for the photo pass. He told me I could name drop him. Yeah. Like, but <laughs> and I asked for a photo pass and then his friend emailed me back. He does the booking at Metro mm -hmm. and he was like, hey, here's our press person, email her, hit her up. I don't know if you're going to have any luck though, because I think passes already went out. Mm -hmm. She didn't email me back about the Green Day passes, but she was like, hey, I want to add you to our rotating list of photographers for the venue. So that's a cool, that was a cool um, plus. But that was it. That was the end of that. And then I'm looking on Twitter. I'm just looking at like for any tweets for anyone looking for a plus one and this one guy was like hey i was lucky enough to score two tickets to green day now i just need a plus one i ended up dming him i was like please i'm so desperate to go to this show i will be your plus one um i'm just like the biggest green day fan i have the tattoo to prove it and he was like hey um awesome you're like 20 people DM me asking for this ticket, but I've narrowed it down to like five people who I think deserve it. So pitch me like a reason why you need or why you should be there and what you can offer me in return. It doesn't have to be monetary, but like anything like, and I was like, well, I work at Music Box. It's free tickets whenever you fucking want, free concessions. <laughs> and, he, and he's like a really, like a film buff. So I'm, I'm really fucking preaching to the choir. Like, I am giving this man what he wants. And, and then I was like, audio tree, I can get you into any like Lincoln Hall Shuba show. Or if you like a band that's gonna be in the studio, I can get you into the studio and you can watch from inside. And yeah. that's a really cool um, little intimate experience with the band. And 
he DM'd me back. He was like, you're literally like, just really like speaking to my soul right now. This is great. Um, but someone just slightly had a better offer than you. Uh, so I'm going to go with the other guy. And if he bails, you can have a ticket. And I'm like, fuck you. I like dropped to my <laughs> knees at work. I was like, no. Um, no. And then I emailed my first contact who's doing booking at Metro if there, more tickets were going to go on sale. And he's like, hey, I don't know, but I'm going to put you on a paid reserve list. So if tickets become available, you get a special link and you get to buy tickets before like the public does. And um, he's like, no guarantees whatsoever. We have no idea how many tickets are going to become available, but um, someone will email you the link. And then I was like, okay, not, not hoping for like, I'm just down. Like yeah. I, I'm just down. Um, I walked home and I'm just like listening to Green Day crying. Oh. <laughs> um, and then I got the email at 2 a.m. And then 6.56, I shot out of bed in a cold sweat. And I was like, I need to check my phone. I checked my phone. Mm -hmm. The email's right there. I bought the tickets within four minutes of waking up. And I just sat in bed for 10 minutes. I was just like, holy fucking shit. I can't believe this. <laughs> my friend that I brought with me and it was literally like the fucking greatest night of my life I think I crowd surfed five times um people from the balcony recognized me people after the show and during the show kept coming up to me saying like yeah fuck yeah um oh my god I was I was microdosing on shrooms it was just I was so drunk <laughs> 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 and then literally the next day yeah the next day I'm in the car with my friend and we're just driving and I get a notification Green Day posted on Instagram so I'm like oh cute photos from last night I'm like I wonder if I'm in any I'm scrolling through them and then I see my fucking face and I just start screaming and I just I couldn't believe it like this is like what my life I, like what do you do when you peak at 24 you know this is me peaking I just I hope they know me. I hope they recognize me. But well, they probably do. And they literally, I mean, they probably have a team, but they like posted you. So I'm yeah. sure like they saw that is just like so fucking cool. And um, like, like the third top comment on that post. I'm like, yeah. <sighs> and, and then I saw them literally Sunday at Lollip, but yeah. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, like, I just know how much you love them. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, my God, Kala is probably on cloud fucking nine right now. Like, it was so cool. I was just, like, so happy for you. That's so cool. My DMs that day were fucking blowing up. Just everyone just saying, like, oh, my God, you got in. Oh, my God, you're on your their Instagram. I, just, I was like, I can't look at my phone right now. This is this what fame feels like. But it's <laughs> so cool little like five-year-old me would have been just I yeah I just I'm still kind of in shock mm -hmm. yeah yeah a good shock though you know oh absolutely I just don't think any Green Day show is ever gonna top that one. Oh, I mean probably not and it's just no. like the excitement of like getting the tickets like it's always good to have like a good story about like getting there yeah hustle you know yeah. <gasps> out here manifesting oh for real I literally filled two pages in my notebook just saying oh. I am going I'm getting into the Green Day show at Metro 729 22 I, I just filled two pages and I was like I just also like I had that visualization feeling I was just like 
there's no way that I'm not going to be there. I just know I will be there. I don't know how, but I will be there. It's just like a knowing feeling. And I was like, so. So cool. Oh, well, the Lionsgate portal was yesterday too, speaking of for manifesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I wrote down my little manifestation. So did I. <laughs> so we've had our fun little conversations. So now we'll, we'll, we'll bring the vibes down a little bit. <laughs> And we'll we'll talk about anxiety. I don't really have a nice, fun transition, so we're just going to talk about anxiety. I think what we want to talk about specifically today was kind of handling anxiety with relationships. So that could be like romantic relationships or friendships. So what struggles like do you face with um, anxiety in these types of relationships? Um, I really deal with overthinking. Um, I think that's a classic anxiety thing. Um, and then with overthinking that comes with creating narratives and stories in my mind that might not be true or based anywhere in reality, but like you take, you like, I don't know, you take like a sentence someone says to you and then you, you just dwell on it all day and you're like, well, it could be like 10 different things and it could be like the just most generic statement. And so I get really stuck in that and overthinking and like not being able to turn off thoughts sometimes is mm. what I really struggle with it's gotten way better um, oh, that's good. I know like when I was going through my breakup like that was just like such a terrible place to be it just feels like the days are so dark and heavy when you're stuck in your mind and um I also think about like where I was last year last summer was like the most depressed I've ever been in my life but like I was also going through like a transitionary phase um just trying to find my place in the world and like my new life without my ex and then also going through um like different friendship transitions um I, I had like basically lost my entire friend group um and then my best friend at the time but we've rekindled things since then but um so just feeling very alone and not knowing where I, where I was in this, like where I could place myself in this world. Um, but yeah. Yeah, it's so, it's so like heartbreaking losing friends. Like I had a vicious uh, friendship breakup all in the same night. And um, yeah, it was terrible. It, it did ruin me a little bit. And it's funny, like, that what happened like from that i carry with me in the present and i and that's how my anxiety also develops is because i think oh i didn't hear from my friends for like 12 hours and then they didn't want to be my my friend anymore so when i don't get a text from like a friend for a while sometimes i think like oh did i do something wrong because yeah. in that specific situation too no one had ever said that they were mad at me during our whole friendship that I did anything wrong. So it's, I feel like sometimes I do the same thing. I overthink and I also use my past experiences in my mentally ill brain to justify my irrational thoughts. I think like, oh, since this happened, then this is gonna happen. Yep, I totally know what you mean. Um, I have that situation with like romantic relationships. Mm -hmm. um, my ex was very just, not into communicating at all very avoidant and withdrew a lot mm. um and 
I think I was so anxious that I like I would try to stimulate communication, but it went the wrong way. It started really accusatory and like just like two people that just did not understand each other and did not need to be together as long as they were. And um, I'm very much over it, but it's still like that was three years of my life at a very formative time in my life. And when you're with someone that is so dismissive of you and so like, just makes you feel like you're easily replaceable, it it really fucks with your self-esteem, especially when you're that young. So I find myself thinking that the same way in my like relationships with like romantic people, um, just, overthinking like how they feel about me or not trusting as much as I should have should be um but you know it's not your fault for what people don't communicate to you you can't read people's minds and you can make space for people to communicate with you that's the best you can do what they don't tell you is not your fault Yes. I think that's the biggest lesson I learned from that was because I started to blame myself. And then I thought like, well, there's, I can't fix a problem that I don't know exists because not everyone is perfect. Not everyone is super self-aware and not even that. Sometimes people get triggered or have their own emotions, not even because you said anything bad, just like their own experiences. So like you said, you know, it's not, your responsibility to like protect other people's emotions when you don't even know what they're like experiencing. And I feel like that kind of settles me. I'm like, okay, but as a people pleaser, that can be a struggle. It's, it's kind of a little bit of an offshoot, but like, I feel like there's no like dating manual. Right. And I feel like I, I mean, I started my first serious relationship at like 19 years old and I know about you. I've been talking about this with my therapist. It's, it's just hard for me to forgive myself for some reason for that because I tolerated so much. Oh, you're and it's, yeah. Right. And it's just so hard to, and I don't know why, but, um, my therapist said this thing the other day, she was like, like you were literally like 19. Like, would you blame a 19 year old like for dating someone shitty? And I was like, no, I literally was just talking about um, this with my best friend. It's like, we're fucking children. And then we have barely like any life experience. And what, like, we're also in our early 20s, like late teens. Every single person goes through that shit. Everyone will experience a toxic relationship at some point in their lives. And that's just a learning lesson, you know? Like, how can you learn what is not right for you if you don't go through the wrong things and that's why i don't look at relationships as like mistakes because it shapes you into the person that you are and you you've learned something you can't just be like oh i regret that well fucking take the lesson and move on with it um you can regret not leaving earlier but you also your childhood trauma shapes that too and it's just like you're learning what you deserve you're learning how to love yourself. Just the biggest thing that I've learned within the past year is like showing myself grace and learning to be patient with myself 
the way that I am willing to be patient with others and show others empathy and make space for them to feel comfortable, why would I not show that to myself? Yes. So, yes. We have to make room to make mistakes and errors. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, we won't learn. And just beating ourselves up is not, it's, it's not going to be productive in any way. And yeah. being anxious and everything, that's just our brain trying to protect us from yes. getting hurt. And so we should take the time to acknowledge it, thank our brain for doing its job, but realize that we're over-preparing for something that may not be even a threat. I feel like I start to prepare myself for the worst. And I, I, like, I do it so meticulously too. Like I plan how the other person is gonna react and then I plan what I'm gonna do. And it's like explaining it rationally makes it sound insane, but that, but that's how anxiety works. It's irrational thoughts. And when you, when you sit with them and you do your deep breathing and you decompress, you realize how irrational you're being, you know? Are you anxiously attached? Yeah. Yeah. No, I no judgment. I am too. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking hard out here. Um, it is. It is. Have you always been anxiously attached? Um, I can only really say yes, because I've only had one, like, significant partner in my life, really. Mm -hmm. And then most of the other boyfriends I had were very short-lived and just, I don't know if it changes, like, mm. with each partner, but I want to say I'm mostly anxiously attached because I'm always trying to, like, read people's minds. Like, yeah. Well, it's weird. I don't really... So I will, I also, I date a lot of people, um, and I see people briefly as well. And I feel That's like different. I only get anxiously attached when it's someone who I've been seeing for a while and who I'm emotionally invested in. Like I care about them. I like spending time with them. Um, and that's when I get the most emotionally attached or if I'm just talking with them and I like want to meet up with them and I want to meet them, like it's someone I, I really like. So for people who I'm casually dating, who I, I, I don't encourage this, but who I know are like kind of red flags, who I don't want to date seriously, who I just want to keep casual. Those people I don't really get very anxiously attached to. But I think that's good. You're drawing boundaries in your mind. Oh yeah. I'm like, um, no, no, no. Like this, I'm like, there was a girl I was seeing a few months ago and I was like, I can, I cannot date her. And I didn't want to, but well, I was like, for knowing that there's power in knowing that too. Yeah, I, well, I, get, I get caught up in the temptation too much. And then right? after my anxious, like anxious attachment, it's. Oh, like the temptation to date. Yeah. You just want it so bad. You're like, mm -hmm. and then, you know, someone's not good for you, but you're just like, but what if? And then my therapist tells me that I romanticize a lot. And I romanticize situations and people so much. Um, I think that's just the artist in me. Excuse me, but <laughs> I do the same. But, like it's just, I mean, how can you not? It's we're here on this earth. I'm here on this earth, if I can personally speak for a second, to feel connected to people. And I want it to be passionate and I want it to be deep. And I don't want to have surface level things with anyone. Mm -hmm. And I just want to feel all of life's deep emotions. I don't know if that's a fucking mental illness or anything, but, but I, when I feel things for people or things or things that I enjoy, I feel it so deeply and 
I lose myself sometimes in it in a good or bad way. Um, but I just, it's just addicting, I guess. I do the same thing. My therapist was like, you are just a very emotional person. Mm. And I was like, thanks queen. Um, (laughs) and she knows it's not a bad thing, but, um, it's weird being so emotional too. And like, like having like parents or other people in my life who like don't really understand. Oh, I know. No one does. People think I'm insane. And I'm like, no, I, I am a little bit like a tiny bit, just the mental illness. But like, I just feel a lot all the time. Like I, I felt numb before, like for sure. But like, mo- like, I, like most of the times I'm just feeling things. Yeah. I totally understand that you're constantly feeling your things and constantly feeling other people's things. And I think that it's codependent in a way like you're like your emotions are based off of other people's emotions sometimes in certain settings if you're not able to distance yourself from it, but it's, it can be a hard way to live when, Oh, I'm not just not to say I'm like, I'm an empath, but like, you just pick up on vibes. I think we're very highly vibrational people and the slightest thing we can notice and pick up on. And we're just like, something's going on with that person and you want to match their energy. Are you a Gemini in any sort of way? Let me check. No, I have a lot of fire actually. Oh, I have some Sag placements. Okay. I don't know if I have any Gemini. I might have a Mercury in Gem- Gemini. Um, what do I got? No, I have Libra Sun and Libra Mercury. Oh damn! Yeah. Oh, you being a Libra is so accurate. <laughs> I I think so too. I love being a Libra, but um, but you know, I I do pick up on other people's emotions, and it's it's it it used to be really hard for me to draw a boundary with myself too. Like I just used to care so much and I feel like I'm good now, or at least better with when, so say like I have, you know, like friends who are really going through something like really bad and I'm supporting them and I'm there for them, but I also make sure to draw the line with myself and just not get too wrapped up in it and make sure I'm still giving myself the attention I need. Absolutely. That is so fucking important. Um, I've kind of taken on the therapist role in my friend group a little bit. And I love it. I love being the person that people come to um, when they need someone or yeah. like a shoulder to cry on. I love being that person because I'm all for feeling those intense emotions with the people that I love. Yeah. But sometimes I just feel like who's checking in on me? Cause not like no one else is as available as I am. And so drawing that boundary is really important and learning where and when and how to draw that boundary. Yeah. 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 You're right. And two, yeah, like everyone's just going through their own stuff. So sometimes I'll be like, oh, no one's checked in on me. And then I'm like, which is like a valid feeling. And then I'm like, you know, I need to check in with me. Like, you know, like I need to be. It's only up to you. Right. Like I, I, I do this thing now where like, if I, Um, I've been, you know, I have some mommy issues and just some lovely family dynamics. And so when I have like an issue or like, I'm feeling type of way, like I make sure to take myself on like a nice little date, you know, like I go get a Slurpee 
That's it's there. I call them the sad Slurpees. I go get a sad <laughs> Slurpee, but um, but yeah, I, I take time for myself. And then too, like I just, I just like you know, sometimes I hold my own hand, and it sounds lame, but it's nice. I finished it. No, it's not lame. If okay. it works, it's not lame. It's just nice. Like I just, you know, I hold myself, and I'm like, oh, I'm cool. here for me. You know, I love you. I, yeah, right. Like I love me. I remember the first time I said that, to, I was like, I was like, I love me, and I was like, oh my god, and I got emotional. I like cried a little bit. I was like, oh my god. I love me. You know, it's just nice. Mm-hmm. So we've been talking about anxiety today. Obviously, that's what we've been talking about. But um, I kind of wanted to hone in on, you know, the difference between anxiety and romantic relationships versus friendships, because those can be really similar, but it is, you know, different sometimes. So how, Kala, do you recognize when you're having like anxiety? Because sometimes it's hard to detect, you know? Yeah. Um. For me, anxiety becomes this constantly nagging scream or just some like a voice poking in my head, mm-hmm. just screaming like this same statement in my head over and over again, or it's very negative and it's, it, it, it's like that overthinking situation for me. Um, it's just constant. And no matter how much, how much I try to turn it off, I, I can't seem to, yeah. um, and that can't, that should not be confused with like a gut feeling, a gut feeling in your instinct or intuition is soft and gentle. Whereas anxiety is like screaming in your face. That's a good, like metaphor comparison. That's a good way to put that. Yeah. 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 Oh, that, yeah, that really hit me a little bit. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be, I'll be honest and share an uh, emotional experience on here. So I do a program at the library and I go with the bookmobile and we do like enrichment and games for the kids that live at this bookmobile stop at the apartment complex. And it was raining. And so I knew I wasn't get a whole lot, wasn't going to get a whole lot of people but I just had this really bad intrusive thought. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, it's not funny, but I was like, oh my God, like none of these kids like me. I was like, I was, I wonder, (laughs) even though it wasn't true. I was like, I wonder if like people are going to stop coming here because they don't like me. And then I was, I was, and then I, I started to think like this thought pattern and then rationally the rationale came in and I was like, the only reason you're saying that is because it's literally raining and there's not many people coming today. And then I thought about the positive interactions I've had with the community there. And I was like, people aren't like, people can be disingenuous, but like people aren't gonna like talk to you for 10 minutes at a book, like at the bookmobile if they don't like aren't interested in the activities or the games. So it just was like recognizing like, oh, like this is anxiety. Like I'm just anxious, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And sometimes that can be hard because I think irrational thoughts, at least with my anxiety, seem true sometimes at the time because it can really convince you that they are true. 
Yeah. Cause they, I try and prove myself. Like I try and be like, so this happened or this is happening right now. Like with that instance, I was like, no one's coming today. Um, but I literally had like 40 people come, so it was fine. But, um, but yeah, just, you know, our brains try and protect us, but like they really be out here hurting us as well. For real. For real. I think a partnership, whether it's friendship or a romantic relationship, it, it can be the same with yourself. Because mm. if you look at that, if you look at those dynamics and then the dynamic with yourself, you want to achieve one goal. Yeah. And you have to view your relationship with others and with yourself as like a team and not a one versus the other. And you have to combat things like together. Say it's like your brain and like your intuition or like what you're truly feeling. They're like constantly trying to fight each other. Your brain is trying to constantly like protect you. And it comes up with these scenarios that may or may not be true. But like your intuition or like your gut or the logical side of you is saying like, no, that's not it. You're you're like, your brain is trying to protect you. It's not trying to hurt you, but your body wants to also protect you as well. So it's just like meeting in the middle and trying to find a logical way to face this problem rather than like beating yourself up over it or like a partner or a friend when you have problems in a friendship or relationship, you have to come together as a team mm-hmm. to face the problem and um, yeah, and just communicate it. And you can communicate with yourself too, whether it's through journaling or meditation, it's just finding where that feeling is coming from and recognizing where it resides in the body, feeling the feeling all the way through, breathing through it and then letting it pass. Truly like the feeling only lingers for 30 seconds or so, and then it passes. And then anything after that, it's like you're dwelling or um, being really anxious about it. And I mean, I mean, 30 seconds, maybe a little bit longer if you need it, like a good cry or something, but, but yeah. I'm a dweller. Oh, I'm a fucking dweller too. Shit, we're dwellers, baby. <laughs> I was dwelling all day on Sunday. I was I was in the trenches. Um, oh, I, I, I get that way, too. There's no yeah, question. That's a good way to put that. And, too, oh, wait. What's also, the- trying to intellectualize your feelings. Yeah. You can't feel your feel- feelings if you're trying to intellectualize them. Everything you said was, you know, hitting, hitting right on the money. And I think, too, just, like, coming back to yourself is so important and realizing that, you know, your body is trying to protect you. And it can be, it can be really challenging, I think, too, to like pull ourselves out of that headspace. And what you said about the body, me and my therapist talk about breathing a lot. And it's a strategy that I've been using. And what's nice too, is like, no one can tell when you're deep breathing through your nose, because before I used to be so self-conscious, I was like, oh my God, people know I'm like, like having a panic attack or I'm like having anxiety right now, but it's a good way breathing to connect with your body and to calm yourself down because when you're having anxiety, you're going to that panic mode and you're trying to protect yourself. And most of the times like we're like safe, you know, like emotionally, maybe not, but like physically safe. Oh, 
I remember what I was going to say. Um, you brought up also a really good point about like figuring out where that feeling is coming from. And I, and I used to do this a lot. My roommate and I would just like trigger each other like all the time accidentally because like we didn't think about like what had happened. We would just react to like what the other person did. And it's not like they did anything bad or said anything wrong. It just was like our own pasts and our own family histories. We were just triggering each other. And instead of thinking about it and sitting with the feeling, we were reacting. So now like if I'm triggered by like a friend or like a partner, I, I just try and sit with it. And then I, I think about it, you know, I not to intellectualize, but I think about like why I'm feeling this way. And like where that's coming from, like that can kind of help me and being like, okay, I'm thinking this way because I've experienced this. And then it pulls you into the present. Very healthy way to combat problems that you're facing, like recognizing you're upset and then taking the time to process it, process what's happening, process why you're feeling the way that you're feeling. And then yeah. come back when you're feeling more level-headed to discuss the issue at hand. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be more, like that. more friends, more couples need to do that shit. And yeah, yeah. it's but. yeah, it's hard. You know, I think to me and my friend Allie were talking about this, like when, you know, you are in therapy and you like have friends and other people who are in therapy too, it can be kind of beneficial. And, you know, it, it allows you to like really think about, you know, how you're reacting in like your own relationships. And I feel like it's a good way to connect with others, you know, not that like, because we're in therapy, we're on a higher plane or anything, but I think it's just like, you know, it's just, we just kind of get it, you know, it's an, an emotional intelligence kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You're not, you're not better than anyone. I think you're just more enlightened. <laughs> yeah. More in tune with what, and then Going to therapy also helps you understand other people better too. And yeah. people that are not in therapy don't have that like sight, you know, can't yeah. blame them for it, but people who are willing to do the work deserve to be recognized a little bit more. <laughs> slang. That's in my filler word. Ignore me. No, I love it. Everyone I know says slay. And I'm like, oh, I love this word so well, much. It's becoming cringy. I feel like no, it's not. live your truth. I can't. I feel like the gens the Gen Z's. I mean, I'm partially Gen Z, but I feel like the Gen Z's are already phasing it out. Welcome. What's gonna be my next? I always wonder what's gonna be the next word. Like bestie was it for a while? Bestie was it for a while? I loved bestie. It's just so fun. Now it's slay. I don't know what the next one's gonna be. Um, but yeah, so um, you know, speaking of how's your therapy been going then? Um, really good. I, I've actually like been able to see my therapist more often. It was before it was like once a month. Mm -hmm. And I was like, those sessions were just like, so here's a recap of what happened in the past month of my life. And it, it just felt kind of like gossipy a little bit, mm -hmm. like telling like talking with my friend. Um, but now it's like we're seeing each other more frequently. So it's like recognizing patterns, recognizing what triggers me, um, how to face situations with communication and like recognizing situations that are like going nowhere or like mm -hmm. shit like that. Um, yeah, it's, they've been really good. 
I love my therapist so much. She's like, I don't know if it's like weird to say, but like my therapist is like my best friend, <laughs> but like, it's like so one-sided because I never talk about her. She never talks about herself. It's only me talking about myself to her and, and she gives her insight. So <laughs> like, it, it's like a weird Freudian kind of thing. Like, but um, we crack each other up. <laughs> We're laughing the whole time in therapy. I'm, <laughs> I make her laugh so much. And it's, oh. it's like, the best feeling in the world to make my therapist laugh oh I love it I love when I do that so uh, yeah I'm like yeah I'm her favorite even though it's not a competition (laughs) yeah I love my therapist too she's just so great and she 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 shares a little bit of herself with me sometimes just in terms because like it's, it's nice too to see like someone go through like something so traumatic that I've been through and know that they're like you know, a full person and they don't have like breakdowns all the time. And like, they've just like, you know, they're just like an adult adult. And it's just nice to see that. Um, but yeah, no, I love my therapist. She, she kind of says some little comments sometimes that crack me up. Yeah. Um, Like the other, (laughs) the other day I was telling her about my little situationship and she was like, okay, your relationships. And I was like, oh my god Beth relax <laughs> like okay okay queen yeah my my therapist is like ruthless she's like what are you doing I'm like I don't I don't know if I knew I wouldn't be here like right mine like I'll try and like not purposely avoid the question but I just I su- yeah. subtly avoid and then she brings me right back and I'm like oh, okay or she'll she always asks me she's like so like why do you feel that way you know and I'm like oh like I, I'm like I don't know like, think about why yeah and they, like mm-hmm. embarrassed or ashamed to share a certain thing with your therapist oh yeah I, I will do something and I'm like I if when I tell her about this I don't even know if I want to tell her about this because she's going to be so disappointed and I'm like I'm just so concerned about like what she thinks about me, but like, that's like totally missing the mark of therapy. Oh, I mean, I do the same thing. I think it's because we're both. Also like, it's also kind of codependent thing and anxious, anxious thing. Yeah. I want to be this perfect person and I want to show that I've learned my lesson, but it's just so hard to stick to boundaries. Oh, I agree. I, yeah, I just, I just want to, I remember you know, I'll be honest and vulnerable again. I was checking my ex's social media for a while, very frequently. And I remember I made a pact with her to stop. And I remember I was going to check and I was like, no, I was like, I made a pact with Beth and I can't let Beth be mad at me. (laughs) And she's not mad at me. And too, like, sometimes I will share something with her that I am maybe ashamed about or upset about. And you know, she, she tells me, she's like, I'm not going to judge you, you know, like, and I, and I forget that. Yeah. But it's just weird. Cause I've never had like, s- like someone just like openly say like, I'm not going to like judge you. And it just like, it calms me down, but still like the little like anxious Absolutely. people pleaser part of me. But yeah, I did, I did, I did something that wasn't very morally, ooh, nothing terrible. And I didn't do it knowingly, but and I had, and I shared it with her and I was very, 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 very nervous. And it was okay. Like nothing, like she didn't like slap my wrist or anything. Like it was okay. But, um, 
yeah, I get very self-conscious sometimes. Yeah. A lot of it is hard to like take accountability of what you did too. And also recognizing that you're not perfect and mm-hmm. you can learn all these lessons or read all these self-help books, but you're still a human being. Yeah. And you're learning too. And, and it's like, okay. Oh, it's be better. Yeah. And it's okay too, to have setbacks. Like, I feel like I, I never give myself grace. Like what you talked about earlier, yeah. like I, it's so hard for me to do that. So like I have setbacks and then I get so guilty about it and upset. And then I feel like I'm not like, I had a really bad day on Sunday, just like personal, like stuff with my family or whatever. And like, I just was like, I wasn't doing my breathing. Like I wasn't like, I just could not get it together. And I felt like bad about that during that little episode. And then the next day I was like, you know what? Like, it's okay. Like today's a new day. You know, we have to give ourselves grace, especially when we're having a rough time. So to just do better in the, oh, real quick before we go here. Um, I see your control album of SZA's on your wall. And I haven't talked to anyone about the new album that she did. How do you feel about it? What fucking new album are you talking about right now? Well, not new album, but like <laughs> control, like deluxe. Oh, the deluxe? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> my birthday that day. <gasps> no, and I'm just kidding, but it felt oh, like my birthday. Oh, I was like, did I miss your birth? I no. think I wish you happy birthday. My birthday's June 6th, it's D-Day. Um, <laughs> but holy shit, all of those songs, why weren't they on the album first of all why didn't you just yeah. make it longer yeah. second of all control is my favorite fucking album of all time and it just speaks to my soul yeah and it's like an album that i can return to at any point and i'm just like yep this shit smacks and then i'm always trying to find or i'm always finding new songs that relate to my situation yeah it's like oh i'm not relating to this one right now but oh here's a new one that i didn't relate to before and now I'm relating to it now that's kind of sad but also like she gets it she fucking gets it and then she drops a four new songs I'm like I relate to all of these too I'm like what's going on yeah and why not what am I doing (laughs) that I'm still relating to this album I know which one tread carefully I was like oh what's the one Travis Scott was on I forgot love galore yeah 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 that one or wait and yeah. 2 a.m. Oh, 2 a.m. To speak to my soul right now. I love 2 a.m. I also liked, I can't remember if it's awkward or Jody, but she's just, I think it might have been awkward. But yeah, no, I really liked them. And it it's crazy too. When that album came out, um, I was 19. And like, yeah, I was just like, it was just like the most, one of the most beautiful things I've ever heard that and like the internet's album, ego death, like probably my top two albums of all time. And it's just like, I'll never forget. Like I was in my room and I just sat and I listened to it and it just was like, I was like, Oh my God, like just so much like truth. And just like, like the one quote that's going around or the one lyric that's going around TikTok is like, um, I get so lonely, you know, I forget my worth. I get so lonely. Um, I forget, or we think that this works. Like, that's just like, oh. She just, she fucking gets it. She's amazing. I love her. Haley Williams solo album, uh, <gasps> Armor. Mm-hmm. That, one, that one's a really good one. If you're going, if that one really helps during my last relationship. Just 
because uh, she was going through a divorce with Chad Gilbert, her, mm. her ex-husband, and it was like he like cheated on her, and they were together since she was like eighteen oh, or something, God. sixteen, actually, and he was like ten years older than her, and Ew. Just, some yeah, just wild, but that's a really beautiful album. Haley Williams will yeah. have my heart forever. Oh, that's so nice. Well. Kala, it has been a delight having you on the show as always. Um, before we go, of course, I will ask you, because I ask everyone, uh, why are you happy to be here? Whether that's in life right now in this moment, it's really up to you to interpret. Well, first and foremost, I'm happy to be here because I'm here with you. Um, I'm also happy to be here because of the people in my life that make being here a very beautiful experience. I'm very grateful for all of my friends and my family and I feel like I've cultivated relationships that I can, that I'm truly proud of and care for the, in the way I didn't really feel in the past for my other friends. <laughs> but I loved being able to cheer my friends on and watching them achieve incredible milestones um, and being able to share moments of joy and excitement with them and learn what makes them tick and what makes them them. And, being there for like the small things. Um, and I'm just happy to uh, share the human experience with everyone. So, yeah. Lovely. Oh, well, thank you so much, Kala. Again, thank you for coming on. Lovely, lovely time always with you. Yes. All right, guys, that's all I got for you. Bye.